Well, take your Bibles and turn to Exodus 16. Uh, We're going to look at verses 31 through 36. The title of the message is A Time to Remember. Uh, Before I get started, let me just ask this question. How many of you have, um, you have a, a grandfather, father, grandfather, brother, uh, uncle, or cousin, someone <clears throat> who is related to you um, in some sort of a close relation, who has given their life in uh, service for their country. Uh, would you raise your hand? <clears throat> you have someone like that who has given their life in service for their country. Um, you know, that's a, that's a huge thing. I, um, I have an uncle who died at Pearl Harbor. His name was Eldon Ray, and um, he, um, he was on the uh, USS Oklahoma. And so when I visited there <coughs> many years ago, pardon me, <coughs> many years ago, <coughs> I, uh, I went to, <coughs> to Pearl Harbor, and um, they, they had at that time a big open desk and, uh, with, with an attendant inside of it and at the, uh, the Arizona Memorial. <clears throat> and I remember asking uh, the guy behind the counter, I said, I, I have an uncle who died on, uh, in one of the ships. Is there any way that I would ever find any information about him? And he said, well, what ship was he on? I said, the USS Oklahoma. <clears throat> he said, all right. What was his name? I said, Eldon Ray. And I remember that he took the um, ship's log. He, he reached behind the counter, and he pulled out this big, giant book. Um, and it was the ship's log, the actual ship's log. And he opened it up, went through, got to the R's. He found my uncle's name. He turned that thing around, and he put <clears throat> his finger right down on my uncle, Eldon Ray, right right down on his <clears throat> name, and he said, there he is right there. And I remember crying. I remember immediately <clears throat> going to tears and really not being able to hold them back. And I, uh, I looked at him and I said, this man died before I was ever born. I don't really know <clears throat> why I'm having uh, this emotionally charged moment. And he said to me something that was very insightful. He said, sir, history has met your reality. And basically what had happened was everything that I had known had come uh, kind of to be right in front of my eyes as I saw my Uncle Eldon's name. And it was quite a memory for me and quite a a memorial time. Um, When I was a boy in Tennessee, we didn't really call this uh, Memorial Day. Do you remember another name that this used to have? Raise your hand if you remember another name that used to have. It was Decoration Day. You remember that? It was, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> Decoration Day. <coughs> and <coughs> that's what it was in the country churches that had cemeteries out in the side yard. And uh, this was a day <coughs> when families could visit the graves of their, their relatives and they could place uh, flowers <coughs> on those graves. And many churches where my father was a pastor, my dad was a a country preacher and a country pastor, and many of the churches where my father served as pastor were what I'd call decoration day churches. They had uh, decoration days. 
By the time I came along, we had moved to the city, but I still remember Decoration Day churches and even one of our city churches, one of the churches in that, that he pastored in town, the, uh, <clears throat> the New Bethel Missionary Baptist Church in Goodlettsville, had a cemetery out to the side of it, and they had, <clears throat> they had Decoration Day uh, services. And I can still see those fresh flowers that were on the graves when we'd come back on Sunday night <clears throat> for the service, and we'd see that families had come by during the afternoon and had visited the, the graves of their loved ones. And it wasn't, just <clears throat> it wasn't just those who had died in service for their country. It was a lot of different people. And, and you, <clears throat> you decorated the grave of uh, the ones you love. And some of you will probably go to a seminary, a seminary, a cemetery. <laughs> some of us went to a seminary, and it was much like cemetery. But uh, <clears throat> some of you will go to a, a cemetery uh, today or tomorrow, and you'll put flowers uh, where your loved one is. Well, since Memorial Day or Decoration Day is a time to remember, <clears throat> that's what I want us to do today. We remember those who gave their lives in defense of our country. We remember our loved ones who have gone on before us. It's just a, a time to remember. There's a great passage of Scripture that tells us the importance of building memories, of establishing and keeping <clears throat> memorials. And it's in the book of Exodus, as Moses instructed the people to build a memorial to the goodness and the provision of God. We'll look at Exodus 16, now verse 31. Now the house of Israel <clears throat> called it its name manna. It was like coriander seed, white, and the taste of it was like wafers uh, made with honey. Let me stop right there <clears throat> and just say this, that I looked up coriander seed uh, to see how big it was, just to, to give you an idea. And for lack of a better way to, to, to say it to you or, or show it to you, do you remember, <clears throat> do you remember sugar pops? Uh, sugar pops are tops, uh, the, uh, the, <laughs> the cereal sugar pops. It's, when you think about, <clears throat> I used to think of it in another way. I used to think of it, <clears throat> I've thought of it in all kinds of ways. <clears throat> By the way, this is a Memorial Day frog, <clears throat> and we shall bury him later. But um, <clears throat> I, I've thought of it, I used to think <laughs> My mother made the best yeast rolls in the world, and <clears throat> I used to think of it as yeast rolls. It's not yeast rolls. Um, I, I, and then for a while, I got to thinking of it as vanilla wafers. Uh, you know, <clears throat> maybe it's like vanilla wafers. And I, but actually, it would be more like <clears throat> one of those those cereals, maybe the size of of uh, Trix uh, cereal, and uh, maybe the consistency of of sugar pops, but so from now on, if you want to think of uh, of it, and, and I may have just ruined it for you, I, I don't know, but <clears throat> but that's really what it was. Verse 12, 32, Moses said, this is what the Lord has commanded. Let an omer of it be kept throughout your generation so that they may see the bread with which I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. And Moses said to Aaron, take a jar and put an omer of manna in it, and place it before the Lord to be kept throughout your generations. As the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron placed it before the testimony to be kept. The people of Israel ate the manna 40 years till they came to a habitable land, and they ate the manna until they came 
to the border of the land of Canaan. Now, let's just talk about life a little bit and the different ingredients of life. Life is made up of uh, memories. It's made up of some tragedy. It's made up of uh, the mundane. It's made up of some hilarity. Life is made up of a lot of things. And every family has memories of life and memories of those who have lived and now are gone. It's true for the family of God as well. We have memories of our lives, and we should build memories in our lives. For the children of Israel, the memories of their exodus from the Egyptian bondage was filled with the miracles of God. God didn't want them to forget the miracles that He had worked among them. And so to remember the miracle of the Passover, He gave them a feast that they would observe, the feast of the Passover, so they would remember uh, he, God did so much for them that He wanted His people to remember all of the work among them. He opened the Red Sea. He gave them a pillar of fire by night and a, <clears throat> a cloud by day for continued comfort and safety. He gave them water when they were thirsty. And He gl- gave them clothes that lasted for the entire journey and shoes that lasted for the entire journey. And among the most memorable of God's blessings to them was this little white coriander seed, a wafer it's called, found on the ground each morning, and it had a sweet honey taste, and they called it manna. It was just small, but God thought that it was memorable, and so He told the children of Israel to build a memory for generations to come of the blessings of this manna, the blessings that came every morning. He said, take a jar, put an omer of manna in it, and place it before the Lord to be kept throughout the generation. Here's what he was saying. He was saying to the children of Israel, I want you to have a memory, and I want you to build on that memory. I want you to remember my goodness to you. I don't want you to forget it. I want you to work at, deliberately work at remembering. Now, memory and memory building is a part of life. This is what we do. We build memories. Um, For instance, uh, some of you graduated high school students uh, on Friday night, and some of them graduated other uh, times this week, but <clears throat> you graduated high school students. If you were at the uh, graduation of North Florida Christian School, it was a, a memory to be uh, built, and, and we uh, will remember, we'll probably remember uh, <clears throat> the graduation speaker for a long time to come. Derek McGee was just excellent, and he did a wonderful job. Uh, sadly, the thing that we will probably remember in his speech was something that he said was a part of the college culture that he said was a bad idea when he said, in my college, they said, if you, if you don't cheat, you will repeat, uh, or something like that. <clears throat> and so he uh, was not uh, espousing cheating. He was just telling the reality. Uh, we, remember, <clears throat> we remember the Navy uh, man uh, who um, took you from uh, the signing up to be a part of the Navy all the way through uh, from Admiral uh, Horatio Hornblower and, uh, and eternity and beyond. My goodness gracious, that was long. And uh, love the guy, so happy uh, that our graduate got the... Um, got the uh, appointment to, to Annapolis uh, 
But we'll remember that. And sadly, we'll remember that more than we'll remember Tanner's appointment to Annapolis. But, but you've, you've built a lot of memories here Friday night. We build memories all the time. We build memories of birthdays. Uh, we build memories of weddings, uh, school days, sporting events, vacations, and, and on and on. One of the problems that I think we have, and I've addressed this before and I'll address it again today, is that Christians fail to do what they should in building spiritual memories. We don't build the spiritual <clears throat> memories that uh, we should build. And the Bible tells us that we should build memories of the goodness of God. We should work at remembering God's goodness. Psalm 103 and verse 1 and 2, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, look at this, and forget not all his benefits. Psalm 105 and verse 5, remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he uttered. Psalm 111 and verse 4, he has caused his wondrous works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. So we are to have a memory or memorialize spiritual things. How do you go about doing that? How do you go about memorializing what God has done in your life and in mine? Well, let's talk first of all about the way of memories. How do you build memories? How is it that we can remember some things and we can't remember other things? Well, like memorials, memories are made to be lionized. I'm real proud of that word. I, I would like for you to appreciate how hard it was for me to find a word that ends in I-Z-E to put here at this point of the sermon. In a moment, you'll realize that all of the little sub-points here end in I-Z-E. It took me a long time. Could you at least gasp that I used the word? Oh, my goodness, he used lionize. Lionize means to celebrate. What do we lionize or celebrate in our lives and in our families? Well, we've already said it. We celebrate our birthdays. We celebrate children. When Emerson, who I hope to see later on this afternoon with her little sister Avery, when Emerson turned two or was about to turn two, we were over there and we might have been FaceTiming, I can't remember, and Paul and Lindsay announced to us that they weren't going to have a a second birthday party for her, that they were just going to go as a family to SeaWorld. And I smiled and said, no, that ain't happening. You're going to have a birthday party for her. No, we're just going to go to Sea Go to SeaWorld if you'd like. I hope you get to go to SeaWorld. Hope you enjoy SeaWorld. But you're going to have a birthday party for my granddaughter. So we had a nice little birthday party for my uh, my granddaughter, and I gather that on the other end of the family that Lindsay's parents were saying and doing about the same thing. Uh, We we celebrate birthdays. That's a big, big thing. Uh, Let me ask you this, and and I know the answer for Holly uh, and and Dennis Gorham. Do you celebrate second birthdays? I saw 
I saw your, your post of Emma. <clears throat> we, we celebrate, or we should build memories, of the new birth day. We memorialize when we were born, but rarely do we memorialize when we were born again. When your children are born again, if you have not yet, uh, they've not yet come to that point, then emphasize the importance of that day. We have a celebration of some kind in our family members' born-again day, the day that they were born again, the celebration of the day they were born again. <clears throat> we were so happy when our children were born, and we were so happy when they were born again. So we celebrate their born-again day. Let me read you something that I have in an old Bible of mine, one that I used for years. This is from Saturday, August the 27th, 1983. My son Nathan was saved tonight at 9 p.m. in my private study at home. He got up from bed crying over his sins and the fear of hell. With his mother present, I led him to Christ. This is a red-letter day in my life. Nathan is five years old. Praise the wonderful Lord. Well, Nathan is about to be 38 years old. Yet we have celebrated all the way back to something that not only took place when he was born, but something else that took place when he was five years old. Monday, July the 14th, 1986, 11 p.m. Tonight, my second son, Matthew, came home from revival at our church. Dr. Ron Comfort's wife told the Bible story in the children's service. Matthew said he wanted to be saved. We went home, and after carefully dealing with him from Romans, he sincerely trusted Christ as his Savior. Thank you, Lord. That's Matthew's spiritual birthday. Monday, November the 12th, 1990, 10.30 p.m. Tonight, I preached in Sparta, Tennessee at the Calvary Baptist Church. Less than 25 people were present, but God had something big waiting for me at home. My youngest son, Paul, age six, was waiting up for me. His heart was broken. He was ready to be saved. With all of the family in our living room, the circle was completed as as he prayed to be saved. We are all saved. To God be the glory. Those are things that I wrote in that Bible as each of those boys were saved. And after each of them, we made phone calls. We called grandparents. It didn't matter. You, you, you saw that, <clears throat> that, that one was saved at 11 at night, one at 1030 at night. We, we called people. We woke them up. We woke them up. I mean, we woke people up when they were born. We woke them up. I remember we called Bob Kelly. Bob Kelly was a pastor of the Franklin Road Baptist Church. I called Bob Kelly, and I said, Bob, this is Randy Ray. Hey, Brother Randy, how are you? He said from a sleep. I said, I'm real good, Bob. I want to tell you something. I've got my little boy with me here, and he wants to tell you something that happened in his life. And I gave him the phone, and he said, Brother Kelly, I got saved. No, Bob Kelly just rejoiced over that. And we did that with each one of them. We celebrated them. It's a big thing. It's a huge thing. 
the way of memories is that we lionize them, we celebrate them, and in addition to that, we annualize them. We don't just celebrate them once. It's not one and you're done. We keep celebrating them. That's the second way. We remember the salvation of, of our sons and celebrate it every year. Now that they're grown men, it, it may be a card, but it is a card and a phone call <clears throat> on, their, on their second birthday. And we give them a dollar for every year they've been saved. For every year that's been saved, they, they get a dollar. We used to actually give it to them in dollar bills. Now we write checks. <clears throat> but we, we give them a dollar for every year they've been saved. It doesn't make them more saved. But you know what it does? It causes them to celebrate their salvation. And, and can I tell you this? You can be sure that that day does not pass them without their remembering. They remember it. They recall it. In fact, we went over to Jacksonville on, at Paul's last spiritual birthday. We went over there, took them out to dinner, had a wonderful time. Jan had in her purse his spiritual birthday card and all of the money that represented a dollar for every year that he had been saved, and we drove away, and she never gave him the card. And about halfway back, I called him, and I said, hey, Paul, your mom forgot to give you your spiritual birthday card. He said, yeah, I was wondering about that. <clears throat> People remember the things that we annualize. They, they continue to remember it. And we should annualize the good things that God has done for us. You know what's annualized in my mind every year? Some of you may not annualize it, but I annualize it in my mind. February the 16th, 1992. Does anybody know what that represents? Would you raise your hand? Does anybody know what that represents? Yeah, some of you do. That's when I became the pastor of this church and when my family joined this church was on that day. February the 16th, 1992. I remember it every year. Every year I remember it. Daryl Hatton for years took me out to lunch on uh, the anniversary of my, my uh, anniversary as pastor of the church. And then he moved away for a while, and then he came back, and he picked right back up, taking me. If he can't get it on the day, he gets it near <clears throat> the day. And this coming February, it'll be 25 years. And I celebrate that. I, I remember that. I annualize it. I thank God for it. Make a list of, of events in your life that, that should be lionized, that should be celebrated, and should be done so uh, every year. Maybe you can create, maybe some of you moms and dads can create a spiritual memory book. You've got baby books. Maybe you could create a spiritual memory book, something that, that your children can look at in years to come and say, oh, I remember this. Yes, here's a picture of when I was baptized, and here is a record of this, and here's a record of that, and, and, and celebrate their lives all the way through. And make the spiritual memories as important as any other memory. I'll tell you this. The spiritual memory 
is more vital than any other memory. The born day is a wonderful thing, but the born again day represents living forever. We should lionize and annualize, and we should prioritize them, give them their proper place. I mean, how does your spiritual life compare with the other areas of importance to your family? I can, I can answer that. I can answer that. It's getting less and less and less and less. Look, spiritual things have become of low priority in the world that we live in. Just low priority. They're, it's important to see our children on the honor roll, but it's more important to have them on the Sunday school rolls. But we have lost that. We have lost that. To, and, and, and let me tell you something. I'm, I'm speaking from experience here. We have lost that to travel ball, to competition cheering, to gymnastics, to any other thing that goes on in our children's lives. When my boys played baseball in Goodlettsville, Tennessee, G-O-O-D-L-E-T-S-V-I-L-L-E, when they played there, They didn't have Wednesday night ball games or Wednesday night practices. You know why? Because it was a church town. They sure didn't have Sunday night ball games or Sunday afternoon ball games. It was a church town. They had church stuff. Well, that's changed. And the reason it's changed is because the priorities have changed. Uh, look, I think you can play ball. Be on the honor roll, take dance lessons, take, uh, uh, be, be uh, in gymnastics and, and competition cheering and whatever else you want to. I think <clears throat> you can do all of that and still and most certainly make Jesus Christ the hub of your life. <clears throat> I, don't think you have to, I don't think you have to give up the better for the good. To build the memories God wants us to have, we must set our lives in order, the order that He intends. Not only should we build memories around the important spiritual events, we should build them around important spiritual truths. They should celebrate the truth. I, uh, I, I just happened to think of a, a friend of mine who has a gate to, and, and the, the family very, very much uh, is, is in support of the uh, King James Version Bible uh, above others. And their gate code is 1611. And I, I went and visited them one time, and, and I got it at 16. And then I went back a later time, and I'd forgotten it. And then they said 16, and I went, oh, yeah, of course. But you know what that is? That's memorializing what they believe. It's important that we memorialize what we believe, that we, we live by. We, we are to understand the way of memories. I've got to hurry because I've got to hurry. Here's a second. The worship of memories. 
That sounds a little odd, but really there are memories that we can and, and should uh, worship. I got, a, I got something going. Is, is, it, is the back of my coat okay? Is it, is it a little messed up? What about now? Okay, I watched you speak at sixth grade graduation, and the whole time your coat was jacked up on this side. I didn't hear a word you said. Uh, <clears throat> your coat was jacked up on one side. But I'm good now, right? I mean, it's always been good from this angle, but, uh, you know. That's some of that OCD stuff, by the way, just in case you know. Uh, <clears throat> there are memories that we're told to worship. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four, And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, the, you proclaim the Lord's death until he come. The, 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 we worship the memory and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And we think about all of the, the, the things that he has done for us when we do communion. That is a memorial. That is a worshiping the memory of Christ. And we teach it in Sunday school, and we teach it in our Christian school, and on and on it goes. Why? To memorialize it. It's a good thing. It's a good thing to memorialize memories, and to hold on to them. And, and there are others that you do. You may not worship them, but they're very, very important to you. And, and they should be important to you. you should, I encourage everybody here to go to Washington, D.C. and visit the Vietnam Memorial. Especially this, well, especially my generation. You should go see the Vietnam Memorial. Or the, the uh, World War II Memorial. You, you should go see those things. During the latter stages of World War II, General Douglas MacArthur kept a promise that he had made to the people of the Philippines. When he was forced to leave the islands in 1942, he, he promised them that he would return. And he returned with enough troops to help them recapture their country. And grateful for his assistance, when, when all had seemed lost, the, the government in Manila later directed its armies to begin a tradition calling out MacArthur's name in every uh, parade roll call. And each company designates one officer who would respond by saying, present in spirit. And that symbolic gesture helped to ensure that the dedication and the courage of General MacArthur would live on long after he was gone. It's important that we remember things. More important by far is keeping a vivid memory of, of the baby born in Bethlehem and the miracles of his life and the sacrifice of the cross and the, and the empty tomb. These memories should be worshipped and should never fade from our churches or our homes or our children. Let me give you two more things and I'm done. The, the walk of memories. God has a plan for each of us. And we are called out of darkness into light for a purpose, and our steps are ordered by the Lord, and we should remember that. Psalm 37, 23 says, the steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. We're chosen for a life and a purpose to fulfill. I want to give you four things very quickly that to, to memorialize in your walk as a believer. First of all, memorialize that you are God's possession. Memorialize that you belong to God. 
1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. When we are a child of God, we ought to see things differently because of who we belong to. Um, Nathan's got a friend in Mississippi. Nathan's a duck hunter and... and um, I don't know if you know that or not, but he, he loves to go duck hunting. And, and he's got a, this thing that he place he goes to in Mississippi that he's kind of a part of somehow or another. I don't even, I don't know what it is. It's just he goes there. And uh, he's he's grown man. I don't keep up with every one of his steps. But, but he's got a, a friend over there named Nations. That's his last name is Nations. And uh, he tells his children, he said, let me tell you something. Your last name is Nations. Here's what that means. That means that you are the best at what you do. That means that no matter what it is, you're going to be the one that's the best at it. You're going to be the one that does better than anybody else at it. You're going to work harder. You're going to study harder. You're going to hit the ball harder. You're, you're, going, to, you're going to kill more ducks. You're going to do all of it because you're Nations. That's your last name is Nations. I thought, whoa, that's pretty strong. Nathan called him the other day and said, hey, uh, Lance, he said, my, uh, my son made uh, the All-Stars. He said, well, he's a Ray, isn't he? Isn't he a Ray? Of course he made the All-Stars. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. You know what? That's a little over the top maybe. But I'll tell you what's not over the top. We named the name of Christ. We are a unique possession, and, and we should understand. <laughs> there you go. Uh, we should. Did you get that thing done? All right. I don't even know. Where, I wish I knew where that was. That was good. Uh, <clears throat> we are a, a unique possession. Secondly, we should remember the path that he has put before us. The Bible says the steps of a man are established before the Lord when he delights in his way. We should remember the path of God. I remember the path of God. I, I, I can walk with you the path that God had for my life. I can stand with you. I can stand with you in a fraternity house at, in Cookville, Tennessee. I can stand in, in the Phi Delta Theta house and at a party at the Phi Delta Theta house. And I'm there and, and uh, a part of that group and, and, all kinds of things going on at the fraternity house. The reason I'm looking over here at Ronnie is because he was in college with me. All that stuff going on at the fraternity house. And God spoke as clearly to my heart right then and right there as he's ever spoken before. And he said, much like what he said to Elijah when Elijah was under the juniper tree, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Now, I didn't know other things that would be coming. But I basically said, okay, if this is not where I'm supposed to be, then I will not be here any longer. And that day I turned and walked away. That's a path that I celebrate. And, and by the way, that path led to another path that he led me in to go to Middle Tennessee State University. And at Middle Tennessee State University, I can see my path walking across the lawn and this 
carload of girls driving by in this, the, the, the quadrangle uh, thing, and they're going by, and I'm with my friend David Busby, and I said, David, don't we know them? He said, yeah, we do know them. And I said, let's go stop the car. And so we ran out and stopped the car. And it was girls from Goodlettsville High School where we had gone to school, except for one who was sitting in the middle of the front seat. And I looked at her, and I said, Janice Dozier? And she said, Randy Ray? We were in the fifth grade together. And she turned out to be Jan Ray. Well, had I never followed the path of God in the fraternity house saying, what are you doing here? I would probably never have led that path to Middle Tennessee State University. And so I asked her out on a date. She said, nah. Oh, you can laugh if you want to. I asked her out again. She said, nah, I got stuff to do. So the third time, I said, I'm going to tell you something, sister. I'm going to ask you one more time. And with me, that'll be the last time. She said, oh, I want to go, I want to go. And I, who said that's right? <laughs> there you go, baby. And, the, the, and we went to see a movie. It's a mad, 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 mad world. That was our date. Y'all remember that movie? We went to see that movie. And one thing led to another, and then our path was down the aisle of a church in East Nashville. Same church where uh, Jim and Krista Biddle got married, down that path. Amazing. I can trace the paths of God in my life, and you can too. I also... Remember that I'm important to him as a person. In verse 6 of Luke 12, are not five sparrows sold for two pennies and, and not one of them is forgotten before God? Why, even the, the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not. You are more value than many sparrows. Man, I need to celebrate who I am because God celebrates who I am. I really do. I don't have a lot of self-esteem issues. Y'all may have noticed that. But it's not because that I'm so, I'm, it's not because I'm Superman. I, I do have a lady in the school who calls me Super Pastor, which I kind of like. Um, but it's just because I know who I am as a person in God. Don't you? You're God's own creation. You're who God made you. We, we celebrate the, the walk, our walk of memories, that we're God's possession, that, that he has led our path, that we are, he, he reveres our very person, and we celebrate his, his prosperity to us. Philippians 4.19, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. I can remember, specifically remember, provisions of God along the way. 
specifically. I remember one time God providing in my hand a $10 bill to go get something to eat when I was a student at Middle Tennessee State University, and I went to a church. I I went to a church, and they asked me to sing, and I sang in that church, and afterward, somebody came up to me, and they said, we hope you can have a nice lunch, and they gave me a $10 bill. Now, I want to tell you something. $10 back in, in 1971 or so, I had a nice meal, all right. I remember that $10 bill. I remember a guy walking up to me after a service and saying, you don't know this, but we have an account at Shoney's. That was back when, oh, Slim Jims, uh, strawberry pie, hot fudge cake, hot fudge sundae, hot fudge cake, you remember that? And he said, I want you to go over there and eat. Just tell them you're with this church and they'll charge it to us. I said, really? He said, really? I went over there. Hey, I'm with the Bellwood Baptist Church. And they said, all right, eat what you want. I remember those things. I remember remember selling a lady a pair of shoes in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I remember selling her a pair of shoes in Chattanooga, Tennessee when when I was a poor seminary student. and, And I said to her, cash or charge? She said, that'll be cash. And then she said, wait a minute, let me make that charge. And I said, okay, fine. So I put it in the thing, charge it up. And she started to walk out of the department and she turned around and she said, young man, could I see you a minute? And I said, sure you can. She said, I was going to charge that, but as I started to, God told me that you needed the cash. Do you need this cash? I said, yes, ma'am. And she gave me the cash that she was going to buy the shoes with. I remember walking out of a school, a library at, at, in Murfreesboro, a library in Murfreesboro, and a lady stopping me and saying, is your name Randy Ray? And I said, yes, it is. She said, God told me to give you this. And she reached in her purse and she gave me money. You say, how does that stuff happen? Because God prospers us. Do you think the only way that you get from God is through a paycheck or direct deposit? I, I, can, I will tell you this. I have celebrated more over $10 bills and, and accidental money and, and provision that I didn't expect. I have celebrated more over those things than many uh, paychecks in my day. I can tell you about those things. Well, let me finish up. The wonder of memories. What a great joy and privilege that we have to be God's children. And I'll close with this. For decades, George Beverly Shea was the baritone voice of the Billy Graham Crusades. He was the first international known singer of Christian songs. This is interesting. You'll find this interesting, Larry. George Beverly Shea has sung to more live audiences, to more people in live audiences than any singer in history. No one has sung to more live audiences than him. 
And he wrote down these words one time, and, and this is what we'll close with. There's the wonder of sunset at evening. The wonder as sunrise I see. But the wonder of wonders that thrills my soul is the wonder that God loves me. There's the wonder of springtime and harvest, the sky, the stars, and the sun. But the wonder of wonder that thrills my soul is a wonder that has only begun. And then he would sing, Oh, the wonder of it all, the wonder of it all, just to think that God loves me. Oh, the wonder of it all, the wonder of it all, just to think that God loves me. We have some wonderful memories to celebrate. We should celebrate the freedom that we have and the men and women who died for that freedom, but we must celebrate our freedom in Jesus Christ and the one who died for all.